Give Us This Day Evening Edition is a devotional reflection upon the New Testament lesson from the Order for Evening Prayer from the Book of Common Prayer 1928. These reflections are written and presented by Father Charles Erlinson, who serves at the Church of the Good Shepherd Reformed Episcopal Church in Tyler, Texas. Today is Thursday of the 20th Sunday after Trinity. The lesson is taken from Matthew chapter 21, verses 1 through 16. And when they drew nigh into Jerusalem, and were come to Bethphage, unto the Mount of Olives, then sent Jesus two disciples, saying unto them, Go into the village over against you, and straightway ye shall find an ass tied, and a colt with her. Loose them, and bring them unto me. And if any man say aught unto you, ye shall say, The Lord hath need of them, and straightway he will send them. All this was done, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, Tell ye the daughter of Sion, Behold, thy king cometh unto thee, meek and sitting upon an ass, and a colt the foal of an ass. And the disciples went and did as Jesus commanded them, and brought the ass and the colt, and put on them their clothes, and they set them thereon. And a very great multitude spread their garments in the way, others cut down branches from the trees and strawed them in the way, and the multitudes that went before and that followed cried, saying, Hosanna to the Son of David! Blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord! Hosanna in the highest! And when he was come to Jerusalem, all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. And Jesus went into the temple of God, and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple, and overthrew the tables of the money-changers, and the seats of them that sold doves, and said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the son of David, they were sore displeased and said unto him, Hearest thou what these say? And Jesus saith unto them, Yea, have ye never heard, out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise? In 1818, Ignatz Philip Semmelweis was born into a world of dying women. The finest hospitals lost one out of six young mothers to the scourge of childbed fever. A doctor's daily routine began in the dissecting room where he performed autopsies. From there he made his way to the hospital to examine expectant mothers without ever pausing to wash his hands. Dr. Semmelweis was the first man in history to associate such examinations with the resultant infection and death. His own practice was to wash with a chlorine solution and after 11 years and the delivery of 8,537 babies, he lost only 184 mothers, about 1 in 50. He spent the vigor of his life lecturing and debating with his colleagues. Once he argued, Puerperal fever is caused by decomposed material conveyed to a wound. I have shown how it can be prevented. I have proved all that I have said. But while we talk, 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 gentlemen, women are dying. I am not asking anything world-shaking. I am only asking to wash. For God's sake, wash your hands but virtually no one believed him. Doctors and midwives had been delivering babies for thousands of years without washing, and no outspoken Hungarian was going to change them now. Wash me was also the anguished prayer of King David. Wash was the message of John the Baptist. Unless I wash you, you have no part with me, said the towel-draped Jesus to Peter. Without our being washed clean, we all die from the contamination of sin. For your sake, wash. God's temple is holy. 
When Moses was instructed to build the first tabernacle, he was given blueprints by God, written by the finger of God. According to all that I show you, that is, the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its furnishings, just shall you make it. Exodus 25.9 When David prepared to build the temple that Solomon would build, he said, The Lord made me understand in writing by his hand upon me even all the works of this pattern. 1 Chronicles 28.19 As you entered the temple, you moved through progressively more holy places until the Holy of Holies was reached, which only the high priest could enter, and he only one day a year. Aaron and the priests were consecrated to serve at the tabernacle. All of the furniture was consecrated, and if you even so much as touched the ark, you would die. All this teaches something about how holy God is, and how holy we must be. And so it is that Jesus comes in Matthew 21 to cleanse his temple. Why? What went wrong? To participate in the annual festivals, an annual temple tribute of exactly one half shekel had to be paid, and paid in only the sanctuary or Galilean shekel. There were Palestinian, Persian, Tyrian, Syrian, Egyptian, Grecian, and Roman shekels all circulating, but this tax had to be paid exactly and in the right kind of money. Where in the world could a visitor from far away find the right coin to pay? Not to worry, it just so happens that Jewish tax collectors and money changers had just the coin you need, for a certain price, of course. The necessary animal sacrifices had to be made and paid for as well. What? You don't want to lug your animals all the way from home? Not a problem. Have we got the goat for you? What's that you say? You need to have the animal inspected by a priest? Let sacrifices are us be your one-stop temple shop. Guaranteed kosher. Every step of the way, there was a transaction to be made, as well as a tidy profit, by those selling merchandise and changing money. Keeping in mind the noisy, bartering and arguing that must have taken place in the Middle Eastern scene, we can imagine why the Master was so livid at what was taking place in the house of God. So Jesus the Master sets about to clean his holy house, the temple, and he does it violently with a righteous anger. He must really care about holiness. Today, we are the temple of the Lord, his body, the Holy Church. God's Holy Spirit lives in his people, but only if they are holy. And so Jesus cleanses his temple today as well. Just as the temple in Jesus' day was polluted and needed to be cleansed, his temple today is polluted and needs to be cleansed. His temple, his body, the church, Many parts of it and parts of each of us are still unclean. So Jesus needs to cleanse his temple again so that he can inhabit it again. Once again, we have let the temple go. We have let in the animals and their uncleanness. We have let in the money changers and we have allowed God's holy temple to be defiled. There are actually two stories this morning. The first teaches us that the master's will is done through his disciples. The second teaches that the master is cleansing his holy temple. Put together, they teach this. The Master is cleansing His holy temple through His disciples, that is, through you. First, we see that the disciples are supposed to do the will of the Master. In verse 1, Jesus had His disciples, and in verse 1, His disciples obeyed. God becoming man, God in His holy temple, means He has chosen to live with you and work through you. God could snap His fingers and do whatever He wanted, but He chose to become man and sanctify man, and through you to do His will. And the Master's will is that you be holy, that his temple be cleansed by you. This might seem like a Herculean labor, and in fact one of the labors of Hercules was to clean the Augean stables. Augeus, the king of Elis, had been given a huge herd of 3,000 cattle as a gift from his father, many herds in fact. His problem was that the stables where he kept them had never been cleaned. His neglect was so great that not only the stables which were in a very bad state, but the land surrounding them had been unfertilized for many years, due to the unused manure which lay within the compound. 
You can imagine how filthy these stables must have been, as well as how they must have stunk. Hercules succeeded by diverting the streams of two rivers to clean the stables. How will you clean God's temple? You are to use the living water of Jesus himself, the master, to clean the temple. Jesus, and not you or me, is the hero of this story. He has cleansed his temple, and all that we need to do to help him clean it is to come to him for washing. Come once more and seek forgiveness, and I will cleanse you and make you holy, he says. Come once more and give me your life, and I will give you my righteousness. And then he can use us to bring his cleansing power to others. In the cleansing waters of baptism, God cleansed his temple, he made you a fit home for him. At that time you were made a priest, called to guard his holy temple and to serve in it. In your baptismal vows you vowed three things, to renounce the world, the flesh, and the devil, to believe the articles of the Christian faith, that is, the Apostles' Creed, and to obey his holy commandments. By these things, by your baptism, by uniting yourself to Christ in his righteousness, you will be cleansed. So, how well have you been cleansing the temple? How well have you been keeping it? If the Israelites of the Old Covenant were supposed to be careful with the temple made of wood and metal that was destroyed forever, how much more careful should you be with yourself and with the church? Give Us This Day Evening Edition is a presentation of Always With Christ Radio, radio in the Anglican way.